Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Arizona Craft Beer Reviews. We're here with Keith Chapman, one of the owners Hello. of Bonehouse Brewing, which I'm very excited about. Uh, we're here at Bonehouse Brewing. It's our first on-location episode, right, yeah, man? Yeah, Bonehouse Brewing up here in Fountain Hills, right That's off right. Shea Boulevard, where the Fry's Food and Grocery Store is. Um, great stuff. We, we, uh, As I pulled in, Keith, you guys had... All kinds of were those brand new barrels or kettles out there? What, what's uh, going new on fermenters, the actually. Yeah, we're expanding, so uh, we're adding fifteen hundred square feet actually to our uh, brewing capacity, so or our production facility, and hopefully double production by the end of the year. That's so, amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. So things are going well. Yes, we are growing. That's awesome. <laughs> well, for those of you who don't know, uh, Matt mentioned Bonehouse is out here in Fountain Hills. Mm -hmm. um, you're the only brewery out here. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. And uh, way more accessible than like the back corner of Fountain Hills. It's right yes. off the of Shea, just as you're coming in from Scottsdale. We're on the border of Scottsdale and Fountain Hills. Yeah, so, perfect. Yeah, it's a good location. And it's like about half our customers are from Scottsdale. So. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and Bonehouse has a cool story. They have, yeah. there's so much, it's so much more than just a brewery. There's a whole story behind it. There's sure. a whole kind of, all your beers are based on Arizona legends. And mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about that and how you guys came up with that. And, sure. And yeah. All. Happy to. Uh, so we took some liberties with history <laughs> and we steeped our uh, whole uh, story along the, um, along the lines of the Lost Dutchman legend here in, in Arizona. So um, there is an actual Jacob Waltz, uh, who is a, a prospector miner that came across from uh, Germany, immigrated from, from Germany, uh, tried his luck in California, didn't do so well, came to Arizona and had supposedly found a very large uh, nugget of gold. And then um, there's all this lore and history around the Lost Dutchman mine. So people are, have been looking for this mine since, you know, the late 1800s. And there's all this mystery around it, too. So there's murders involved around this story. Um, and so we, we've just took that story and kind of put our own story in, inside that. So um, we write um, the story around Hans von Biermann, who's, who's our patriarch to the brewery. And uh, he is the alleged nephew of the uh, Lost Dutchman. So uh, Jacob Waltz. And so our story is based on he gets a letter from his estranged uncle in the Arizona Territory. He comes across looking for gold, helping him out. And he's from a brewer's family. When he gets to Arizona Territory, he can't find his uncle, can't find the mine. And so he does, he does what he knows best, which is open a tavern called the Bone House. And uh, he starts mining customers for information about, you know, the mine or his uncle or anything associated with mining in the desert. And so all of our can labels, all of our story, all of our tap room is based on the journal of Hans von Biermann and his exploits trying to find the mine and his uncle. I like that. Hans so von cool. Biermann. Sounds kind of yes. like uh, one of your relatives, right? Johan yeah, yeah, exactly. From the old country. <laughs> and Johan Warnholtz uh, yeah. might be a distant rel relative. Yeah. yeah. On the so, drinking side, of course. of course. So every time you guys come out with a new beer, yes. you sit down and write a new chapter I write the story. A, a new entry for his journal. Yes. That's incredible. So, And then uh, I work with an artist called Mike Whelan. Um, he's here in Phoenix on the west side. And I've been working with him for, I don't know, maybe 18, 20 years. And um, so I write the story. I give him the story. I give him some like references online, like, oh, I want to use this lantern or this revolver or this, you know, just pieces of history from that era. 
And then um, he'll send me a line sketch within a day or two. And then we'll wow. go back and forth on it. And then usually within a week, we have a full fi finished label with the story, with the art and everything. And that's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. And he always hides a 13 in the art. Yeah, too, we, so. I was going to say <laughs> that was that was part of our uh, we, we did our Best of the Valley event. Yes. And we had a scavenger hunt there. That's right. And part of the scavenger hunt was you had to find the third, the hidden 13 the in hidden your 13. label. So yeah. that's yeah. that's super cool. The other question I had about the uh, the story was, is there a place where people can go to read the journal? Is uh, it on your website? Right now, or? the best way to do that is either on our website where um, there's a place called Label Art or Can Art, I think it's called, on our website. Um, and then also on the actual labels themselves. So every yeah. label has their own story. Love so it. I am in the process of running and writing the entire uh, we're calling it Bonehouse Chronicles, but I love it. Uh, also, got to run the business, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so cool. It's kind of more on the hobby status. <laughs> so, Keith, speaking yes. of your your new chapters, what are some yeah. of the new beers that you've recently written about? And oh, yeah, introduced so, in the last couple of weeks. Sure, um, we're in our seasonal section of of uh, the year, so. Uh, some really exciting beers coming out. Uh, we just launched our Head Harvester, which is our um, pumpkin pie amber ale, and it clocks in at 13%. And wow, it have is. You, have you heard of this, <laughs> Johan? No, but I'm amber, excited. Amber <laughs> ale at 13%. That's yeah. And actually, this year it came out at 13.13 on the measurement. There so, you go. And it's 13 IBU. So. I don't know. Common wow. theme that, of that's not where the hidden 13 is. On the uh, no, is no. There's the a bunch of 13s just, on that one. I was going to say the can art is just a big 13. It be, that's, yeah. that's pretty whopping <laughs> yeah. right there. 13. Hey, there it is. That's yeah, awesome. So, so the head harvester is one of our villains in the story. So oh. he's a, uh, um, he basically is a, a, an estranged farmer with a pumpkin head that kind of goes around or, well, he's a skull head, but he, he, he uh, harvests pumpkin heads. So he goes around kind of menacing around with, I love that. Uh, Hans von Biermann. So yeah, love that. Well, um, can we taste it? Of course. So let's do that. I yes. like, uh, as, as Keith kind of pours, maybe just do a flight or something to show off these sure. flights. Uh, they have these cool coffins. Yeah, they're they're kind of right above you there. Yeah. Um, coffin shaped flight board, four of them on there yep. and uh, really cool design kind of goes along with the, with the theme and the motif of bone house brewing. Um, and I wanted to mention, by the way, congrats on the reader's choice for Best of the Valley. Oh, yeah. thank you. You guys won for Best Hellas Lager. Yep. The yeah, Shimmer, right? Yeah, the Sonoran Shimmer. Sonoran Shimmer. So yep. clap it up, clap it up for them. Yeah. Nice job, nice job. <laughs> um, and it's it's a good Hellas Lager. It's one of my favorite yeah. styles of beer. So. It's become it was, a staple here for sure. That, so. was, that was one that I got a pour kind of early in the night. And I was, you know, we were working that event, but that felt so good drinking that pour of the Sonoran Shimmer Hellas Lager. It really, really hit the spot, and there wasn't there wasn't anything missing about that. It was it was a fantastic beer. I, I enjoyed Thank it a lot. In looking at your your beer list, yes, uh, there's definitely a German theme. Sure. Uh, would you say that that's kind of the styles that you guys typically lean no, towards, or uh, we're actually well known for a wide variety of styles. Sure. Um, so we try to have a little bit of everything for everyone. We don't want to overburden everyone with a ton of IPAs. Yeah. Although in our production cycle, that sometimes occurs, but yeah. Um, for the most part, we try to always have a darker beer, a lighter beer, uh, IPAs, something in the middle, and then something unique. You know, either a fruited beer or no. and now with our seasonals coming out, it's it's going to be you know a lot of ABV, a lot of interesting flavors, and 
Yeah, I noticed you guys have an alt beer, and I feel yes. like that's a style that not a lot of people do. No, and that that one's actually fresh hopped with uh, crystal oh. hops. So, wow. Um, so basically, what happens there is we get um, the hops from the hop farm, and within 24 hours, we brew that beer uh, with those fresh hops. And, uh, yeah, this is a German Amber alt beer. So love that. Yeah. Another, another one of my favorite styles. Yeah. It's, it's a harvest beer. So very yeah. cool. Yep. All right. Well, poor. Yeah. Sweet. So while, while he does that, we, we have a chance now to talk more about, uh, Bonehouse will obviously be at the Arizona craft beer awards and festival yes. coming up in October, right? Yep. Uh, we're doing it out at the Heritage at Sportsman's Park, which is the venue that's built on the great lawn of the Cardinal Stadium in Glendale. Um, we're going to be there October 22nd from noon to five. Noon is the VIP entry and one o'clock is the general admission entry. Uh, we're going to have somewhere around 40 to 50 breweries there, uh, a bunch of food, a bunch of great vendors. Um, and it's just going to be a good time, uh, October 22nd. And we're going to be announcing the winners to our Arizona Craft Beer Awards uh, the week leading up to the festival. Um, and we're actually judging those awards next weekend. So yeah. Uh, this or this weekend, weekend this yeah. weekend yeah so i um, have it i have it blocked out on my calendar for this coming weekend that's so right. it better be this yeah. weekend right yeah no it is this weekend um and so yeah we're just very excited to be putting on our first beer festival working very closely with the Arizona Craft Brewers Guild uh they're sort of coordinating the awards portion of it we're putting on the event uh, and so it's going to be a good time. You got to check out azcraftbeer.com uh, to get your tickets. And then also go uh, to your local Sprouts, your local AJs, um, and check out our latest issue of Phoenix Magazine, which is our beer issue. Yeah, the beer uh, and issue. It's really awesome. The beer issue just came out uh, at the beginning of September. And we talk about 93 craft beer destinations uh, across the state, not just here in the Valley. But down in Tucson, Flagstaff, even up in um, uh, Colorado City, which I know right. you like to go to on vacation a lot, right? Uh, I've never been no, to Colorado City, but um, yeah, there's a brewery out there that uh, that is doing some really great work. Um, there's there's some other breweries that I hadn't heard of when I you know first or when I read through the the issue, um, and so I think yeah, the issue has a lot of a lot of great. Basically, it's split up into regions and it gives you sort of a brewery tour a pub crawl so to speak in each region that you can you can either walk through or or get a ride through and it's it's a lot of fun look at that so keith is back here after pouring a flight uh kind of moved one of the cameras around to show that so keith as you get back on the microphone tell us what is on this flight what would we pour today okay so to start off with uh, in the number one position at the top of the coffin is Head Harvester that we just talked about. That's our pumpkin pie amber ale at 13%, 13 IBU. Go ahead and try that, Johan. I want, I want you to go first on that one. Wow, starting heavy. I bit. have to work the rest of the day, so. <laughs> thoughts? Early thoughts? Impressions? He's giving the, us some time here. The um, <laughs> You can taste the, the booze. Yes. But not in like a... In a, it's, and it complements the pumpkin really, really well. Yeah, it's so, not pumpkin spice. We, we no. kind of avoided uh, kind of the traditional pumpkin spice latte vibe. Uh, went straight to pumpkin pie. So it's kind of a dessert amber strong. Yeah, which is no. really a strange combination, but I think it works. Yeah. But the 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 malts kind of give it the, that 
pie sort of bready yeah, kind exactly. of finish to yeah. it. Um, and then, yeah, the booziness just, it makes it taste almost more like a cocktail. Yeah. But in a, I mean, it's, this is delightful. <laughs> this is really good. I could, I could get down with some of this. Yeah. Johan's down with the Amber Ale Head Harvester. Yep. Brand wow. new. Just came out last week. Keith? Yes. Yeah. We launched it last week. Um, and be available uh, all the way through Halloween. Fall is in the air, Johan. I'm, I'm feeling it. Maybe it was uh, last night's storm. It rained in my house big time. It felt really cool this morning. Obviously, it's warmed up now, but... The the lows are in the 70s now. Yeah, like yes. in the mornings and the evenings, like it's nice out. Is that, so. is that good for brewing? Is it like like monsoon, the humidity and all that? Yeah, I mean, we temperature control everything in our process, so it's, it's really not a difficult situation for the beer. It's more difficult for the people in the building. <laughs> sure. So as it gets yeah. a little more humid, it's, you know sweat a little more when you brew yeah. but other than that what what i love most about fall and winter is these kinds of beers yeah is the yeah. you know bringing out those barrel aged stouts and your porters yep. and your darker just warming sort of ambers exactly. like this is this is right on the money for that yeah, yeah some so. of those beers have sat in my fridge for a long time <laughs> and i've just been looking at them waiting to pop them open mm-hmm. and you know a stout stout hits different this yeah. time of year i have sure. a friend who has uh bourbon counties from every year for the last oh, yeah. like eight years nice and every year we go to the oldest one mm-hmm. and the next year we go to the oldest one so we so always we, have we've like, actually done that with uh oh, Register yeah? and uh our imperial stout coming up for uh black friday which okay. is fisk and gold it's a uh, imperial maple chocolate stuff. Ooh. So we've we've actually a lot of our staff members have actually stored them over the years. Okay, so we still have our first runs aging. Um, is that something you release, or is it for your no, own personal? It's, there's only a handful of them, so it's okay. kind of a you know staff gets together. And, Love that and pops one open. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. So what's the next one? Uh, so the next one is Reaper's Widow, which is our amber alt beer uh, that we also just mm. talked about. It's uh, fresh hopped with crystal hops. And uh, this is our harvest beer. Gonna get in on that, Matt. Yeah, that's really easy, smooth. Um, the, you know, the the color might indicate something that you expect, maybe something else, but it really um, goes down differently than I think than it looks. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's almost it almost tastes like one of those kind of older style. Yeah, West Coast IPAs where it's like you got a really strong malt backing, but you still have that hop. Yeah, the uh, fresh hops really shine on this. It one. really they shines really through, through, but it's yeah. really, really balanced. It's mm-hmm. not, it's not puckery or anything. It's really, really nicely balanced yeah. with the the malts. You can tell there. that's like easily the freshest beer that you're gonna have today, right? I mean, that's. Yeah. Um, Keith, tell me a little bit about you guys. I, I noticed. You guys were up in Flagstaff over the weekend, right? Yes. For, uh, going, doing a, um, what was it, like a benefit festival for flood relief up in Flagstaff? Right, yeah, for, for flood relief uh, for Flagstaff. Um, it was held at Snowball. Um, and uh, we just recently signed on with uh, Legacy Beverage as our distributor up there. So this was kind of our first event together. Um, so we went up there and, uh, yeah, supported the cause. And we had a great time. Uh, the weather behaved a little bit, so it started raining, uh, got a little cold, and then, uh, but it, it ended up being a great day and uh, raised a lot of good money for, for Flagstaff. But, so. I've definitely noticed that you guys, uh, Bonehouse has 
a really strong festival presence. Um, uh, we, we do now. Um, yeah. at, at first, we, we felt we weren't really prepared for it, and we wanted to attend a bunch before participating sure. in them uh and now we have a dedicated person that actually runs our entire events which is sean green yeah and he uh he he kind of coordinates all of the you know the pizzazz with the with the event so it's uh it's really fun for us to do and and uh rachel benkowski too she yep. usually those two are the front line of our events um and they they just love doing it yeah uh, they get super excited about it so yeah they were both at uh best fest last event yes, for us exactly and pouring the the sonoran shimmer and another one i i forget which one it was that was pouring. they, they brought two it might have been the prick the engelman's elixir i think yeah, it was yeah, yeah yeah which is that's a good segue uh, that's the fourth one right that's here, the right? fourth one yeah so and then uh so that one uh prickly pear um ale i guess is that yeah is that right? it's uh it's an american pale ale okay um uh and it's uh we call it prickly pear ale because it's kind of a generic uh pale ale but as a as a base uh but it also has madagascar vanilla in it Ooh, to kind okay. of balance out the the bitterness from the prickly pear fruit so if you go out into the desert eat prickly pear fruit after you process a little bit it's going to be a little gamey a little sour um and uh so we balance that out with the the madagascar vanilla the, and it, yeah. it works really well the yeah vanilla it's, uh, comes through, it's our second best-selling beer it almost um, it almost the combination of the two almost gives it sort of a milky creamy sort of almost like a cream ale kind right. of yeah, finish exactly cream yeah. ale and you, you so you get some of that sweetness then too mm -hmm. yeah absolutely okay. very good um i you brought up the d distribution through legacy now sure is that that's very important for you guys because now you're shipping all over the country right yeah so we have three distributors we work with uh, we work with crescent crown uh distributing here in the valley uh, they, we signed with them last, uh, in January, um, and they've been super helpful in getting our beer out to one of our sponsors for the festival. Ah, well, there you go. Hey, yeah. Shout out sponsor. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're a huge support for us. So it's, uh, we can't say enough about that partnership. It's been really great. Um, and, uh, through that partnership, we actually got introduced to legacy and, uh, who also partners and we signed with them. Uh, we also, so now we have, uh, the Valley covered, uh, the North Northern and Eastern Arizona covered. Uh, and then, uh, about two months ago, we actually signed with, uh, a distributor in New York, um, called tap RM or tap room. Um, and the reason we signed with them is because they have the ability to ship direct to consumer in 45 States. Wow. So they've collected all these licenses which are not easy to get um, or it's a lot of work to get them and uh, so they also have a brick and mortar distribution in New York so we're distributed in New York State now and also Philadelphia just the city because of some kind of connection they have there yeah. uh, but then the, the, the beauty of it is uh, they're able to ship to 45 states direct That's to amazing. consumer so uh, we're able to leverage their shipping costs and because uh, they're fairly huge in doing that type of business uh, so that helps uh, because recently we did a, uh, a crowdsourcing campaign uh, to kind of uh, get investors for the brewery um, and that ended we, we partnered with uh, Start Engine which is part of the Shark Tanks guy you know Mr. Wonderful uh, uh, kind of help that. And so basically they're doing uh, crowdsourcing for uh, small companies, startups. And uh, we, when we went through that, we raised a, a little over $850,000. Wow. And uh, we had um, 
all of a sudden a national audience with investors. Uh, and so, you know, I think we have investors almost in every state uh, wow. at this point. And so people are constantly asking, hey, how can we get our beer? How can we get our beer? And we can't legally ship it to them direct. So uh, we, we found TapRM to kind of help us with that. Oh, there you That's go. amazing. Yeah. I like that because people need Bonehouse and, you know, and Engelman's Elixir or the, uh, the, the Dutchman's uh, IPA or the Hazy IPA. They need that in their hand and yeah. all across the country, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This that's is the goal. Good. <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. And I, I don't know if you saw their Instagram the other day, uh, Johan. They, they have beers that are showing up in Japan now. No kidding. Yes. What, do you know yeah. the story behind that? Yes, actually. Uh, one of our, uh, it's actually one of our former food truck uh, vendors uh, who since moved on to be, uh, he started a family and kind of didn't do the food truck thing anymore. And his mother-in-law is from Japan. Uh, so she came to visit and she's a total craft beer nerd. Which is so awesome. That's this little great. old lady from Japan just comes in and she sits at the bar, tastes all, doesn't speak a word of English, uh, just nods when she's tasting the beer. And she took uh, two four packs, packed them in her luggage, took them all the way to Japan and sent us photos uh, in front of a temple in Japan. That's so, so cool. In a garden. So, so uh, awesome. We just love that enthusiasm for our beer. The Bonehouse so Chronicles good. are yes, international. Now in Japan. I love it. Yeah. I love that. Uh, so, yeah, does uh, uh, Hans von Biermann translate to Japanese? Is that uh, I don't know? Could, could there be a, maybe a, could there maybe be a sequel or a, a prequel where yeah. that or line a, of, or how uh, about like an uh, anime? Yeah, do a samurai. Yeah, <laughs> like an anime uh, adaptation yeah. of the yeah. Well, that's that's super We're, cool. We just come up with drinking ideas sometimes right. on this. Who doesn't? So <laughs> since we since we skipped number three, uh, let's go back yeah, to Peralta's sure. Treasure. Tell yeah. us about this one. So Peralta's Treasure is a hazy IPA uh, around five percent. Uh, the interesting thing about this one is it's actually uh, no wheat in it. So this is uh, wheat free. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. You, you get a lot of requests for that to go totally like gluten free. Um, or we gluten try to reduced. provide a few of those options, you know, for gluten reduced uh, and also for wheat free beers. Um, like Carbide Light, our Blondale is always uh, gluten reduced. Okay. Uh, so we always have at least one beer on tap and available in cans. Uh, for that but yeah, um, it's got this is it's got fantastic aroma by the way yeah. I, I love a good hazy that it just hits the nose yeah. right away before you even taste it what's in it for you know, you know what <laughs> let's find out again let's find out. keith yeah. keith is the owner and uh founder he he doesn't do the brewing so no, he, i don't <laughs> but he's a fantastic salesman so fantastic we guest do, here. so peralta's treasure is also a rotating uh ipa as well okay so it changes yeah it changes Very cool. every time we do it uh so this one features citra and el dorado hops yeah and for those of you who don't know, Peralta is one of the trails out in the Superstition Mountains. Yes, there's a and strong history. A couple of brothers, right? Peralta uh, brothers, or yeah, I think uh, there's like a family there's a story of it's a, a Mexican family. Yeah, uh, that was supposedly massacred um, by the Apaches. Yeah, they they were in, trying to do the mining thing here in Arizona as well. Yeah. Um, there's there's a movie called The Lust for Gold, which was, I think, made in the early 60s okay. uh, that captures that whole scenario really, really well. Yeah. And it ties in the Lost Dutchman uh, mine as well. But yeah, they were massacred by the Apaches, supposedly. Um, there's uh, supposedly a mine or a cache of gold somewhere that they were supposed to store so there's all kinds of misdirection legends of course yeah. but um yeah so uh 
you know, part of the story here for us is that Hans von Biermann was looking for his mine or his uncle's mine and came across this story about the Peralta's family. And so uh, that's kind of how that beer kind of evolved. I love that. I love, I, I've done a little bit of research into the whole Lost Dutchman yeah. Uh, yeah. legend over the years. I've always been fascinated with it. It is um, cool. Yeah. And so I love that all these beers have some tie-in into that. And so yeah. you can kind of identify. If you know the story, you can kind of identify. Absolutely. Uh, so that's really cool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> speaking, of, I know you mentioned Rachel earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about Rachel's beer school. Yeah, And what absolutely. you guys do. In fact, can... uh, that's happening tomorrow night. So perfect um, here at Bonehouse. So uh, Rachel Binkowski, is, uh, she's been with us, I think, four years now. Uh, she was a customer that we just hired. <laughs> uh, she is... Um, uh, working on her level two Cicerone. So she's already passed her written test. Uh, and a Cicerone is like a sommelier for beer. Right. So for those unfamiliar with the term. Uh, so she is uh, taking her tasting test in the fall. And if she uh, passes that, she'll be a Cicerone level two. Uh, goes up to four. And there's only like 22 level fours in the country or in the world, I believe. So uh, it's it gets very difficult as you go up. Anyway, she is. Uh, we kind of brainstormed about how to do customer education on some of our beers. And, you know, we don't have t- televisions in the tap room. We don't do sports or anything like that. So the bartenders interact a lot with the customers. And so we do most of our customer engagement that way and teaching about the beers through our bartenders, um, which she does quite well. And we said, hey, why don't we just do a presentation of you doing that? Because she also happens to have a master's degree in Egyptology. So she is um, a f- fanatic about history yeah. and uh, also about beer. So um, between the two things, it's like she's the perfect person to yeah. give this presentation. So what we do is uh, once a month here at Bonehouse, um, I think it's the second Tuesday of every month, um, she will uh, prescribe uh, syllabus and she'll pick four of our beers that we have on tap or in cans. Uh, she'll teach you how to taste the beer, how to smell the beer, uh, how to look at the beer and learn what you can from that. So it's very interactive. We have a lot of subjective and objective back and forth. And then she'll tell you a little bit about the brewing process. Um, and then also the history of that style of beer. So so we tie all of that in and we do a flight of four. Um, it's usually sold out every time. Um, and then, uh, we started taking that out on the road. So last week we ended up, um, going to two of our customer locations uh, and doing beer school remote at other locations. So we've got a few scheduled uh, throughout the fall. That's amazing. She's going to take it on the road. Is that so. because it's been so popular here? Yeah. 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 We yeah. sell out uh, probably a week in advance and uh, we, we only have seating enough for like 30 people in that area. So uh, kind of maxes out there. And even though if she goes over the same beer uh, in like back to back sessions, she takes a completely different tact on it so she might talk about you know the malt profile one time and then the hop profile on another or lead you through some part of history or the brewing process so each time it's unique and different that's really cool and she puts a lot of time and effort yeah. into it and it definitely shows she uh i think she had a uh, schedule conflict but she was going to be a judge for the awards this yes year. yes she uh, but yeah. she isn't going to be able to be in town uh this weekend for the judging but yeah I'm sure next year we'll have we'll have her Absolutely. as a judge. She so. would be a fine yeah, choice. For that. Yeah, we're just starting <laughs> to get this uh, awards and festival role in here to to kind of spurn on competition. How important is that to you guys at the brewery to engage in that sort of competition in, in award season? 
Oh, so we do bottle shares all the time amongst the staff, like either. Uh, well, so actually, like every Thursday night after we close, uh, DJ, our taproom manager and Rachel uh, do beer studies together. So they actually go through their Cicerone program together. DJ is also working on his level two Cicerone. And so uh, a bunch of us will just kind of hijack that and uh start bottle sharing other people's beers and and then we also have a christmas party where the rule is no bone house beer so everyone brings beer from outside and uh you know on weekends we're all friends too so we we kind of hang out and we we almost never have bone house beer it's always something else and we we get inspired by other brewers too so like uh we got inspired to do a marshmallow porter because we had just a fantastic one and and uh it's like oh we should try to do one so it's not so much competition. It's just more inspiration. It's like, sure. oh, did you see what these guys are doing? This is really cool beer. Yeah. So I think that's the one thing I really love about this industry is it doesn't feel like very cutthroat at all. It's like, uh, you know, our, our distributor, uh, Legacy, actually, one of the representatives there said, oh, there's always room for another beer. Yeah. You know, so and that's exactly right. It's, it's like, so collaborative. So. Yeah, it is. And it's like, oh, if all craft beer rises, you know, we all win. So it's, it's good. Um, so I think we just appreciate the art of other breweries you know yeah. i mean we're only four and a half years old so you know we're we're still learning we're still trying to improve everything and um and then when you get inspired by a taste of a beer or something somebody's doing it's like oh wow that's really cool yeah and then we kind of take our own take on that so love that uh-huh so we have one more yes the desert distortion so desert distortion this one that is our new england ipa and that is uh our best-selling beer that one also rotates hops and this version, we've got a combination of Citra, Cascade, Chinook, and El Dorado. So heavy citrus. Yeah, number yes. one. And you guys will uh, kind of variate, uh, variate, I guess, uh, create variants like a blood orange style off of this. Yeah, and so different and things, that's a right? staple here as well. Yeah. So that one's called Lachai. Um, Lachai is the Navajo word for red. And uh, so it's I'm glad a, you pronounced that because I look at that. And I'm like, Litchi. Yeah. And we I get Litchi, Litchi, Litchi. I'll, I'll get it right yeah. next time I order yeah, it. It's, it's Litchi. Yeah, right, good. As good. far as I know, <laughs> I don't speak Navajo. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we got inspired kind of by some of this local history stories uh, yeah. to do a version of that. And what is the difference between a New England IPA and a hazy IPA. I'm not sure there no. is a lot of difference. Okay. I think it's more in how you're going to brand it, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Some of us West Coast guys are like, New England, get out yeah, of here exactly. with that. I want yeah. a hazy IPA. Yeah. Like I, I think, think I'm drinking something <laughs> else, right? Yeah. I think it's just depending on how you want to market it, to be sure. honest. Yeah, um, I, I like how you guys also have really fun, unique, you know, stuff around the brewery. We've mm-hmm. talked about that. Your tap handles have skulls on them and yep. bones and, um, you know, there's no TVs, but your, some of your merchandise is pretty cool too. You guys have, yeah. you guys sell coffee beans. And yeah. We have our own line of coffee. You have like spice rubs and yes. <laughs> even, even a skateboard deck. Have you ever seen anything like that <laughs> no. in a brewery before? I have. I mean, well, the three of us here skate, so we kind of okay. <laughs> were like, oh, let's do a skateboard. Is that what inspired that? You guys? Uh, you guys yeah, that. And uh, we also wanted to, it, it's our art's perfect for kind of the, you know, the skateboard. It's just, yeah. like, you know, we just want to try to offer something new for our customers because we have a lot of regulars who just kind of collect our merch too. So uh, we try to freshen up our merch offerings. We have the standards that you know are always there, but like we'll, we'll rotate in different colors of sweatshirts and tank tops. And then uh, we'll do tin tackers one year or we'll do skateboards or 
special growlers. Something. You ever done men's tank tops or is it always women's? Tank uh, so far, it's only racerback women's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, but, you let me know when you do a men's yeah, tank top. Yeah, we have had multiple requests. Because so I, think I have only ever been to one brewery and all the breweries I've been to, and I it's got to it's gotta be more than 100 now. Uh, I've only ever been to one brewery that had <laughs> a, a had men's tank top. modest, by and the it way, was, 100. And it was... It was uh, modern times in oh, yeah. San Diego, and that made sense to me because it's San Diego, sure. And like board shorts and tank top is what you wear. Makes sense. But I every brewery, every brewery I go to, yeah. they have the women's tank tops and then just t-shirts for the men. I'm like, yeah, do I want those tank it. tops? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, merch is supposed to just be mugs, stickers, and a t-shirt, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, these guys are sitting here doing spice rubs and skateboarding stuff here. i love yeah. that i love yeah. it because i'm i'm sure the spice rubs and all that stuff goes well with maybe pairs well if you're oh, using sure. it with the beers like yeah. it's all thought of that way for sure for really sure. cool yeah awesome well can i, I end think, with something here I would, I, yeah i think people on online have been fascinated with the story of grandpa sam also oh can we yes. introduce grandpa sam Absolutely. on the microphone tell us about him so uh my father uh actually my father and my son work here, so uh, my father is now a TikTok star <laughs> against his will. This is uh, Grandpa Sam, and he reviews a beer every Sunday on TikTok. Um, and uh, I think Rachel put you up to that, didn't, didn't she? Derek and Rachel, my, one of my, my oldest son. Um, and my youngest son, Tyler, works here as well, and he makes our tap handles, actually, out oh, in distribution. Cool. Yeah, the wood ones. So. He's going to grab one here as we're narrating the audio of it. Yeah, Grandpa Sam, follow them on Instagram and TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. It's, it's, it's a great, it's a great video. Oh, here it is. He's got one. Yeah. So um, the reviews typically are not very technical, <laughs> but they're a lot of fun. So yeah, I love that. I think it, you know, it makes things like that accessible. You know, like yeah. So yeah. every Father's Day, we we typically do the three generations behind the bar. So very uh, cool. Yeah, my youngest son can do the POS, and my father refuses to do the POS. So the the register. So it's great. He yeah. he can't do the register, but he can do TikTok. So it's exactly kind of the, the so, sign of the times, yeah, I guess. Exactly. And he was telling us beforehand. He's getting Don't noticed. Worry. He's, he's popular around town, right? He's getting yeah, noticed. He is. And Everyone knows him. Yeah. He, so I used to travel a lot for work before Bonehouse. And uh, so he would take my kids to all the schools and stuff and be a professional grandpa. So he's just kind of kept that in the town. There you so go. Like I everybody knows him as Grandpa Sam. So Continuing the role, Grandpa yep. Sam. So to finish up, yep. give us, uh, is there any beer launches or anything you're doing coming up soon? Do you have any events um, coming up soon? Give us a little... Yeah, so we're uh, going down to uh, Button Brew uh, Button in Tucson uh, next weekend uh, for their uh, like parking lot festival. Very and cool. then uh, I think Sean and Rachel are, are on that. And then uh, I think that's in October, actually. And then uh, we have um, Fisk and Gold is our next... Um, it's an imperial stout with maple and chocolate Love so that's that. being launched um in time for black friday in november okay. awesome is and that in cans or just on draft that'll be both okay great. yeah i always love a good black friday because the shopping i'm not into anymore obviously you can get all yeah. your stuff online but the beer releases have been really really cool yeah um also used to do their bananarchies and all that uh, i know goldwater does a black friday now uh bone house is going to be one of my stops here on black friday 
this year. Might maybe my only stop, honestly. So <laughs> it's just right up the road from from where I live in Northeast Mesa. So uh, nice. it, you know, I, that's one I haven't had before. So yeah, I have to make it a, once a year. Yeah. And uh, the the label uh, and the story on the label is literally about Black, Black Friday. So oh, fun. Uh, Fisk and Gold uh, basically cornered the gold market in the late 1800s, late eighteen hundreds. Uh, crashed the entire market and. Uh, kind of got away with it you know they didn't get punished too bad so uh this is <laughs> this story is all about them and uh so we made it a very decadent you know maple and chocolate imperial stouts 10 percent and comes yeah, in pretty, but it's really smooth. i didn't realize black friday went all the way back to the times of hans on <laughs> yeah it was commandeered like uh <laughs> i think it was dead for a while and then it came back in the 50s for shopping so nice nice yeah, right on. well keith thank you so much for thank you having us yeah. in into the bonehouse brewing tap room here in uh fountain hills food truck on all pretty much all the time right yeah uh most days yeah yep. and, and if not live bring music too mm -hmm. on on most yeah. days or weekends uh definitely th fridays and saturdays and for the fall season we've booked almost every thursday as well so awesome. thursday friday saturday we'll have live awesome. yeah this is a great spot when they open up these garage doors here yeah. and the cooler weather rolls in awesome spot to sit on the patio and just look at great view here too you can't beat the view so um get out here to bone house brewing check them out at the arizona craft beer festival that's right that's right we'll, we'll see there. you on october 22nd at that yeah azcraftbeer.com for tickets